Welcome to Cooper Talk. I'm your host, Steve Cooper. Remember, I'm only as hip as my guest. And uh, that's a different song today. That's actually playing off my phone. What happened was, I guess there was a new guy in the studio, and he he screwed it up. I don't know what happened, but the music's not playing, so I couldn't play my song, and I just don't want to come in with me talking. So that was a little rocky, get me in tune for the uh, Eagles uh, Dallas game on Thanksgiving which I was thinking about a few Thanksgivings ago when I was before the lovely Joanne moved out here I was flying back and forth back east and I remember I was going back to Philadelphia the Philadelphia area and they wanted Brussels sprouts now you couldn't find Brussels sprouts anywhere in South Jersey so I went to Trader Joe's and I they had those big Brussels sprout stalks now I don't know if I've ever bought them but first of all they're like 10 pounds and Second of all, it's like a palm tree thick. So I'm trying to put them in my suitcase. I have a carry-on. It won't fit. So I'm, then I'm pissed off. I'm like, what am I going to do? So I go in. I, I don't have a saw, but I call my landlord. I get a saw. I saw these Brussels sprouts in half, and then I want to put them in my luggage, and they're still too big. So finally, I had to sit there, and I had to cut every damn Brussels sprout off and put it in a plastic bag. And I was thinking, just my luck, TSA would think I was like sending marijuana back east and I would have got arrested <laughs> anyway enough about that we have a great show uh, this gentleman I found online he's, uh, he's, he's, he's a multi-town he he's, plays music he does hosting work. He does acting. He's he's very big into uh, benefits and charity. It's uh, Sean McNabb. How you doing, Sean? Hey, very well, Steve. How are you? Good, good, man. It's, uh, you walked in here. You got the, the biker jacket. And I read you, you you ride a lot of Harleys. Yeah, I, I rode a Texas chopper over here. I thought, you know, it's a beautiful Southern California day. Let's get into this. And I walk in, rocky music, Brussels sprouts. I mean, come it's, on. You can't get better than that. <laughs> and you just came from the gym, clearly. No, so, no, yeah, uh, not this morning. I only did 20 minutes of cardio. Now, you, now you're, look, you're in good shape. Do you go to the gym a lot? Hey, don't, don't let him fool you. This guy's buff over here man yeah <laughs> Dude, uh, do you go to the gym a lot uh i try you know i'm about to be 50 so you know we got we got to keep it together and uh i do a little training uh at the gym and and a little martial arts and stuff to try to keep it uh keep it in shape you know now you said you know you, you got in your cycle because it's a beautiful california day oh man it's perfect you're from south bend now did you grow up there i mean for, or how long did you live in south bend indiana? i was born in south bend but i actually grew up in bloomington indiana which okay. is the, the home of indiana university those hoosiers you know what was that like? I mean, you're sitting there growing up in a college town. It must have been, you know, because you always think, like, I went to a college, small college in New Jersey, and, and the town was all, like, townies. But, like, in Indiana, the college is so big, it's probably like a city upon a city. I mean, as a high schooler kid, that must have been cool because you must have been getting into a lot of trouble. Oh, we absolutely were getting in all kinds of trouble. And, you know, it, it's a progressive town. It's actually a really, a really cool little town. But, um, you know, there was a lot, of, a lot of hippies and stuff growing up, and I guess I was one of those. And I think they called us cutters or something like that from the Breaking Away <laughs> days of, you know, oh, that movie funny. and stuff. So we actually did swim in those rock quarries and stuff. Great place to grow up and uh, good values there. And I, I still have a daughter and uh, that lives there and a beautiful grandson. So, you know, it's a great place for to raise a family. Now, when did you start playing music? Because, I mean, you, you've been playing, I know you been playing for a long time and did you was your family musical or i mean how did you get into how did you get into that track of this whole scene i mean was your was your family artistic or were you just a different kid you wanted to play music or what what happened well you know it was uh my brother and i were athletes and uh you know my dad was always pushing us to go that way and uh he ended up going that way and getting a scholarship to play ball at indiana university i took the other route um and got got hooked on music very very young uh I started playing at 11 years old, and uh, just kind of never looked back. It resonated with me immediately, and it's something that I just can't live without. It's part of my core. Now, what was your first instrument? Because I know you play bass, but I mean, I'm pretty sure you play everything. What was the first instrument you picked up when you were a kid? What did you want to play? Classical guitar was the first thing I picked up, but you know, rock and roll. I mean, I, I had so many great influences that go. You got to sit down and listen to this, and uh, you know, it's like ELP, and it was the Who that really made me want to play rock and roll. Uh, my mom's dropped me off at a matinee of Tommy when I was really young, and you know, you know what a weird movie that is, right? Yeah, with uh, Anne Margaret and the yeah. baked beans, and you're like, what the hell? And you're like, hey, she looks good. I sort of like yeah. baked beans now. They had me at Anne Margaret and the baked beans, but it was really the the music that uh, resonated with me, and I, I left that theater that day. You know, going, that was really weird, but I loved the music, and, and I know what I want to do with my life. But what's amazing is, and a lot of people don't know this, when you said classical guitar, that's, that's, a, that's, a very, that's very hard to learn. I mean, I know that's very where you actually play the notes. It's not, I mean, it's, you, it's, you play the notes in a certain different, like, piano notes or something like that, or isn't classical guitar something different? 
Uh, you know, it, it's all the same. It's it's the same strings and everything. And I, I'm not saying that I was ever a great classical player. It's just that my mother happened to have one, and I started playing with my fingers, which kind of led me to bass because you know you play with your fingers and you know and a pick. But it, it, that's what led me to that. And there was one there, and you know then I got turned on, like I said, like Hendrix and and all the uh, the great music of the 60s and the 70s, and I was off and running, man. Now, when, was your first, when were you in your first band? Did you have a high school band or a bunch of high school oh, bands? Oh, yeah. Well, it was a different time, you know. I, I think I played my first club when I was 13 years old. You know, they weren't carding you back then, and, and uh, I, re- I remember that we had a band uh, that opened up for our, our regional local heroes, and, uh, you know, I got a real taste of what it was like to be in a band, and... You know, saw like hot chicks coming out of their hotel room in the morning, and you know they were all left over from last night. And I was like, you know what, I, I, I want to do that. <laughs> Thirteen, you're like, oh, I, I got to go. I got to take a, I got to take a math test. But you're like, it must have been crazy. Oh, yes. So, so you're in Indiana, yeah, and so you're playing in bands. And so, when do you say, okay, I'm making this my career. I, I, I love this. I want to do this for my life. How do you make that decision? And how do you break that to your parents? Because I'm sure. And I don't think most parents want to hear their kids saying, "Oh yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna become a rock and roller." I mean, I, I don't think that's something, especially at that time, because it was a very different. I mean, I'm 51; you're going to be 50. It's a very different time. I mean, rock and rollers back then. Our parents, I always say, our parents aren't nearly as cool as parents are now. You know, it's like our parents are very like rock. My, my parents is like rock and roll. Well, you know, well, that's you know crap music. Now parents are hip. You know, you're a father, you're a hip guy. But back then, parents weren't hip. How do they react to that? You know, I think every parent wants their kid to to uh, go to school and get a degree and and do that. And um, I had cool parents, and like I said, you know, uh, they had the beaded curtains and the lava lamps and all the water beds <laughs> and all that stuff. So I was hearing, you know, Beatles and and uh, the Who and all that stuff at a very early age. And and um, you know, I, w- I was blessed that I had parents that were pretty supportive of that and uh you know they they were cool they wanted me to always finish school and do that um hey there's the uh the john bonham i kick. know it's, it's it's a kick <laughs> but uh, playing moby dick hey <laughs> man we we i took off on the road um i actually i left high school i'm like you know what i can get out there and play rock and roll meet some uh some hot women and and, and do what i want to do and I, I left school and i was off and running man. So did you join a band and go on a row with them or you just i mean how did how did that happen was it guys that band you were with already and you said let's book a tour or have that well, you know you kick it around for years and years and and uh playing on the the local circuits and stuff like that and then, and then i joined a band from um evansville indiana that was a road band uh and that was my first real experience with travel and and getting paid and everything and What's that cool. like? I mean, you're 19, you're probably 18, 19. Jeez, I was younger than that. See, that must have just been insane. It must have been such, I mean, such a different life because it's like, it's one thing when kids go away to college. You know, we're like, when I was in college, like, oh my God, we can drink whenever we can do this. But this, you're in nightclubs, women want you, there's no parents, you don't have to worry about a housing director. I mean, it must have just been insane. It was insane. You know, and I was young, dumb, and full of, you know what. So, uh, you know, it was just, uh, it was all an experience. But you know what? I wouldn't change a thing because it, I don't think kids get to do that these days, you know. I think they they pick up instruments and they they learn from YouTube or this and that, but I don't think they actually get to get out there and cut their teeth on the circuit the way that musicians used to. I I agree with that because I think you're right with YouTube. I think someone can put a video up and they can play it and they get all these views, but they've never been on stage. And then if they want to come see them live, they go on live and they probably suck because it's just, you know. they got got no experience. Yeah, so they sit there, they're green, and plus something on YouTube is probably overly produced let's just say i mean when you're out there and you know i used to go to concerts all the time there's something about seeing a rock band it's like when you sit there and people go oh yeah like i'm a springsteen fan oh he's 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 uh he's getting too old no no he's getting better because he's been doing it for so long when you do it like the who the stones they've been doing it for so long they're so good i mean they could they could do it in their sleep and they would still kill but the kids now you don't see bands, and you know, I mean, you've been in a lot of bands. You don't, you don't see bands that have history anymore. Like these kids see a band that has like one album, then the right. bands fall apart. Right, e- exactly. All those classic bands had had that vibe that just, 
you know, sucked you in. They played together. And, and, you know, back to the YouTube thing, you know, kids these days, see, we used to have to put the needle back on the record to right. learn songs. And what that did for us, instead of watching YouTube and, and learning it right there off of YouTube, which sometimes it's right, uh, <laughs> you know, we, that developed our ear at a very young age by putting that needle back a million times to learn the parts. Uh, so so now now you're playing with these bands and now you joined you were, you joined Quiet Riot right that was my first national gig okay yeah. so now you were playing with these bands in Evansville and on the road band mm -hmm. now how did you end up getting with Quiet Riot well I, I moved to Florida and did the circuit down there for many years and then I, I moved out to New York City in the winter time oh man it was awful but uh, there was a band out there that had a deal on Polygram and they had seen me play in one of the Florida circuit bands and invited me out to play uh, with their band I thought hey a deal on Polygram you know, I'm, I'm going. And I ended up going out there. Things took too long, uh, longer than I would have liked. And I ended up leaving, going back to Indiana. And a couple weeks later, uh, I'm driving out to L.A., helping somebody move out there. And they're like, you can stay on my couch, you know, for a, a month or two uh, if, you, if you help me move. So I was very lucky. I got into L.A. and met some really cool people and got in Quiet Riot, like, within three and a half weeks. So I was extremely lucky. Now, was that before Bang Your Head or after? It was after. Um, you know, that, that was uh, like 86. I got into um, Quiet Riot, and we did a, we did a great record. Uh, it was just a self-titled Quiet Riot album. And Kevin was not in the band at that point. Paul Shortina was the singer. But, you know, it was, it was the whirlwind of, of, wow, you know, this is going to be, I'm going to make it here, and it's everything I ever dreamed of. And, you know, I was still really green, and uh, but it was the start for me of you know in the business at a national level. Well, and it's I mean because yeah, all those bands were great. I mean, so it must have been also different when you're going from a in a band where they, they're a road band to where people actually know the band. You know what I mean? It's that it must have been great for you. It must have been a great experience. Oh, it was amazing. I mean, my first gig was in Japan with all the you know these cool bands. Uh, James Brown was on the bill. Ronnie James Dio, God rest his soul. Um, there was all these uh, George Duke Quiet Riot there was all these great bands there was a thing called Japan Aid 2 it was my first gig with them and it was huge and uh, yeah it was a whirlwind but I, I took to it like a fish to water you know? I always wonder you know what is it like and we talk about being unexperienced and green but going from you're playing probably the other band in clubs pretty much absolutely so what's it like when you're sitting there and I've always heard when you're on I've had people on who have been in huge crowds it's it just blows you away because there's like so much energy coming from the audience. I mean, what's it like for you? You finally you're, you're playing in clubs, and I'm sure this end of one in Japan had a big crowd. Yeah, what's that like for you? I mean, is it where you're sitting there going, "Holy crap, man! I've I've made it," or are you like, "Holy crap! I better not screw up." <laughs> you know? uh, well, you always think that, but um, you know what? I don't know. I've I've been at that point. I'd been performing for a while already, and it was like it was just. It was a beautiful thing, man. And, and sometimes it's harder to perform in front of two or three people than it is a giant crowd, you know. Sometimes it's easier to perform in front of a whole bunch of people than it is just a few people. So, you know, I, I took, like I said, I took to, to it like a fish to water, and it was amazing. So after, how long were you the Quiet Riot for? Uh, I think it was about three years. Uh, we did one record through 89, and, um, you know, I was off and running from there. From there it was to House of Lords and... And so forth. How do you find? It's always I always wonder. It's like how do because you're an accomplished musician and you're in this band and it's like anything. And people don't understand is, you know, if you you have a corporate job, if a company goes under or whatever, or something happens, or if you leave that job, you still have to look for another one. It's the same with musicians. Just that it's the same thing. If if you leave Quiet Riot, you have to look for another job. You do. But now the the thing is, how does like someone like you who was in Quiet Riot, how do you find those other bands? It's like I know back like in the early. Like the or late seventies, or there's ads in Craigslist and stuff like that. But for you, you're an accomplished guy. You're with Twilight Riot. Now you have to, you're going to go look for a new band. Do you sit there and go, "I've heard this band. I want to join them," or do, do people come up to you, or how would that work? It's usually word of mouth. I think every gig I've ever gotten has been word of mouth and through friends. And you, know, you should really try so and so, and uh, you know, hopefully a position opens up and it's the right fit. And you just, you know, you're only as good as your last gig. You just try to do the best that you can. Um, you know, it's, it's a different time. It was different then than it is now, that's for sure. You know, jobs are, uh, there's less of them, but there's also uh, a lot more competition. But, you know, I'm, 
for me, I'm in a much better headspace, you know, in the last 10 years than I, I was, you know, I was just a kid and I've gotten to grow up a little bit in the last 10 years and uh, just really try to become the professional that I was meant to be, you know. Now, through this whole time when you're playing with the bands, I know you play with Edgar Winter and you play with uh, uh, Great White, or is that? Yeah, I've been in a bunch of bands, Dawkin, now, know, Lynch Mob. As you play with them, were you writing your own music? I mean, what point? Because I know you write music now. Yeah. Now, now, at that point, were you still like, okay, I'm just going to play the bass? Or were you sitting in your mind going, I really want to write music? I mean, what, when did you start writing your music? Have you always written? Or when did that? We, um, you know, in a lot of the bands, that, you know, it, depending on the situation, there was always, you know, a few people that wanted to keep, sometimes keep the writing amongst themselves and things like that. Uh, I've always written, um, you know, and I'm a singer too, so... It, you know, I never really got a. I think I got shot down a lot uh, writing with a lot of those bands in the '80s and stuff. Um, I did some writing, but there was definitely a lot more ideas presented uh, that were shot down because certain people wanted to keep the the writing and the publishing together. And hey, you know, it was their band, and and, and they can do that. That's that's no problem. But like I said, uh, I'm happier when I'm creating, and I've I've had a great creative run lately. I'm actually um, I'm getting ready to come out. I didn't even mean to go solo, <laughs> you know. And because yeah, I saw you, because you're you're shooting a video, I believe. Yeah, it's shot. Yeah. Okay, it's and and, and you came out with. We're going to talk about your new. Uh, yeah. now you're coming out with a new CD. Yeah. Okay. Now, now is now what what is a CD called? Well, it's not, not actually a CD. It's just going to. I'm just going to release some singles on iTunes, and my single is out there right now. Um, it's called Fresh Air. It's on iTunes under Sean McNabb. Just got up there. But um, I've got a video that we're getting ready to uh, to launch, and we're just trying to figure out the best way to do it. But you know, the, the truth of it is, is I I wasn't trying to go solo. I wrote, um, I did a movie last year called Rock Story. I'm also an actor, um, and I they uh, approached me about writing some music, and I wrote a couple songs with one of the other actors um, in the movie, and one of them was an acoustic song, and for the movie and after that I finished it and it came out so cool I'm like you know what I'm 49 years old I've never had anything solo out why not now it wasn't like I set out to go solo or anything I just thought it's a great time to do it it came out really cool maybe somebody will like it maybe they won't but uh, for me as an artist and and a, and a singer as well you know you're you're ready when you're ready and it just felt like the right time well yeah I was gonna say because you know you're writing the songs and you got to write for the movie and now when you it's a big thing when you you, know, you sing and you play bass in, in the past. I bands. play guitar too, but I mean, but no, for this now you actually you get you get to show your guitar chops, and it's something that I mean you get to show. This is I'm not I'm more than this. Is is that got to be a little scary sometimes? Because it's like it's not they can't sit there and go, oh yeah, that album that, that album that wasn't good. Now they're going. It's you. I mean, it's it's, it's, it's yeah. no one else. You can't oh, yeah. say, "Oh yeah, well, the guy wrote a crappy song or this." Now you have to sit there and go, "Okay, this is me. I wrote it. You write the music. Yeah. You write the lyrics. It's all you." I mean, that must be very intimidating, somewhat. I mean, but it must be very uh, a relief, though. Too, it must be very cathartic and intimidating. Well, it is intimidating. I mean, it's I equate it to it's like. You know, it's revealing something very personal when you write a song. You know, it's like getting naked in front of a room full of strangers, you know. And uh, it's it's something you're really close to. But at the same time, you know, not everybody's going to like it. I think, you know, I come from a background of, of hard rock and, and and metal and stuff like that. This is not metal at all. I, I uh, tried to write a single, you know, like a, a pop rock single. And uh, maybe somebody will like it, and I'm sure there's going to be guys that are like, what's this, you know, that are all fans of, of my hard rock stuff. But I don't know. I feel good about it, and just getting something out there solo is a, a huge accomplishment because a lot of people talk about it, but they never do it. You know? Well, I was going to say, when you said you were you wanted to write a single. So now, as a, as a writer, because, I mean, I, I write jokes and stuff like that, and, and mine pop in my head. I'm just, I can't sit down if someone says, hey, write a Hey, write this, you know, like when I tweet, something pops in my head, I tweet it. Yeah. You know, if I'm, you know, if I'm writing a story that I formulated in my head and they're funny. For you, when you sit there and when you're sitting there, you have a hard rock background, hard rock background, and you're sitting there going, okay, I want to write a single. Now, do you have to sit there and how do you come, I mean, it's just the whole process, it fascinates me just for the fact that I know nothing, I'm awful at music, I don't know nothing about songwriting, I mean, I think they might rhyme, but as someone with a 
a hard rock background, when you say you're going to write a single, what do you do differently from when you write another song? Do you sit there and make, say, I want to make it catchy? Or how do you make it a single? I've always been a fan of hooks anyway, big hooks. And, and it all starts, I, I feel that they're all... Songs are a gift anyway. I mean, sometimes you pick up the guitar and nothing happens. Sometimes you pick it up and bam, it just comes out. And I, I really feel that it, you know that's a that's a gift um, that you're that you're given. And sometimes they just write themselves. And there's times where, like I said, you pick up the guitar and nothing happens. Uh, this just kind of it just happens and it just came out. And then you start developing it. You start uh, writing some other parts around it, start working on the lyrics. And like I said, you're the, uh, myself, I'm looking for that hook. I, I want that hook to, to grab you. And that's, that's what happened with Fresh Air. So you do music first, then the lyrics? Usually, and you'll get a melody going with the acoustic guitar, you know. Now, you had said also before when you came in that you've, you've been touring with Jack Wagner and uh, Don Felder now. How does that yeah. happen? Because, like, Jack Wagner, I mean, but, but that's what, when you said about the golf. I heard Jack Wagner is, like, a, just a sick golfer. I mean, he's I heard, insane. I heard yeah. he's, like, pro level. Scratch. I mean, I mean yeah. yeah, it's amazing. So, how did that come about with Jack Wagner? And were you a fan of his work? I mean, did you watch? I mean, I watched General Hospital when I was in college. No, All of them, I think everyone knew Frisco Jones. You're laughing, John, but I think everybody, everyone, because he was cool. I remember we had our hair. We go, we want, our, we want our hair like Frisco Jones. You know, we, we long, but, but how, did, how did that come about with Man, him? He's so cool. You know, we've been friends for uh, about 10 years. How'd you meet him? Um, we met, uh, I, I did a lot of uh, work with his Leukemia Foundation charity golf tournament. And we got to know each other there. And uh, he is cool, man. He, he's the pro's pro. And, um, you know, he's been a little bit of a mentor for me with my acting and stuff. And, and I'm like, you know, if I needed to read a scene or get some thoughts on something that I was auditioning for or doing, you know, he's always been there for me. And we just became buds. You know, he's a, he's a good dude. He's the pro's pro. And what people don't know is that, you know, he had a gold record. I think his, he had. All I Am. It's, it was the song All I All Am. All I Need. All I Need. All I Need. Yeah, all I Need. Dude, yeah, he, had, he had the only number one single on Quincy Jones's label that Quincy had. And it's just really cool you know and uh we were out this on the east coast a couple of weeks ago doing a run with him we've got another one coming up and uh it's his his fan base is amazing you know it's all milfs you know well i was i was saying that to my friend john earlier i had uh pay out Penglis from who was on days of our lives in general hospital on yeah. a few weeks ago he played the demer and he played this and he's older yeah. and i'm going to tell you something when when this one station that plays my show tweets my shows they stream it I get these women that are like probably fifty or sixty, and but they're things, amazing. They're, they yeah. said, I, like one lady said, I've listened to this interview like three times, and I'm going, holy crap! I said, I told my girlfriend, I said, see, people can listen to me more than you listen, but no, it's just it's weird. But for, for the people, because he comes from a soap opera background, yeah. those fans are rabid, and they want oh, everything, they're, and they're great though. They're so supportive, and they're and they're cool, and they they you know they wait in line for hours to meet him, and he, he's got a great fan base. They're they're really fantastic. And uh, I had I had a ball out there with him. Um, uh, the week before, I've been blessed to play with uh, the legendary Don Felder. You know, this guy is as cool as they come. And uh, you know, a, a member of the Eagles for 27 right. years. And he's so you know, this guy's a legend. And we also had met at some golf tournaments. So I, I better keep playing some golf. I know, you know? I know. It's, you I better get in these hookups, man. Too, too bad I suck. <laughs> yeah. But, no, yeah. no, but you have, what do you shoot? Oh, you know what? I'm lucky if I break a hundred. I'm oh, but, terrible. But see, yeah. that's what's cool. If it's, a, if it's a charity, you can stink and no one cares because you're going to have to play. And that's what's great. I mean, yeah. that's it's you know, I'm the same way. If I I've played golf like three times, and it, you know, it's no big thing. But now I wanted to ask you. Um, we mentioned the acting. Now, in your time as a musician, in your early age, when you were on the road, when you were you know, on touring and stuff, did you ever think that you were going to gravitate to acting at all, or were you just so stuck on music? I mean, what was your at like 21, like the 21-year-old Sean, did you ever think I would be end up in acting or did you just think I was going to be music? Well, it's interesting. Thanks for asking that because I actually grew up, you know, doing theater and drama and all that stuff um, at a Unitarian church there in uh, Indiana. And that's where I kind of got into it. I always was in the plays in high school. So I kind of had the acting thing before the music thing started to really uh, kick in. But uh, I'll be honest, when I... Um, I got sober about 10 years ago, and um, I wanted to go back and revisit some things that I was passionate about before music took over. 
and that was right at the top of my list. And I, I got to say that, uh, you know, the last 10 years have been the greatest years of my life. And it's due to me cleaning up, you know, rock and roll. You you had somebody throwing something at you 24-7, you know, and for years and years. And, and uh, after a while, if you don't get a hold of it, uh, it was kicking my ass, you know. And I really had to do something about it because I just... I just couldn't go on like that anymore. And um, so anyway, you know, it, it takes, I, I've been acting uh, the last 10 years and, it, you know, it takes, it takes time. Yeah, I was going to say, because uh, you're, go, you're going from a background in music where, first of all, you know what it's like to be in front of a crowd. And it's yeah. like, you know, and, but as everyone knows, there's a big difference in front of being in a crowd or going into a room to audition where there's like some 21-year-old assistant who doesn't yeah. know what the hell, like the casting assistant who sits there and they tell you to read it one way. And you're like, well, the script, and you know, not that you know more than them, but you usually do. And you say, well, the script looks like this, you know. So, so it's a different read for you. So, when you decided to go into acting, did you sit there? Where you were in LA already. Mm-hmm. You had connections because you yeah. know from the music. Did that help you get an agent easier, or what? Did you start taking classes, or what was your first step? I absolutely uh, started studying, and I've been studying this, this full ten years that I've been back and. And uh, at first, I used to try to separate the acting and the music because I'm like, you know, no one's going to take me serious as an actor if uh, all they know is the music. And then I stopped doing that about five years in, and I, you know, it started to come full circle. It was really cool. Um, we were doing this Zeppelin thing at the House of Blues one night, and then I ended up uh, on NCIS. Uh, the following week or something like that and uh, the first AD comes to me and he goes hey you know I heard you're you know you play a little music and stuff like that and he goes let me show you this video he shows me this video of us doing the Zeppelin thing before Michael Schenker or something like that and I go dude that's us and that's he's like funny. what you know and it, it, we hit it off and we've been friends ever since who's uh, that uh, he's it's Joe Latito he's on uh, he is the first AD on Sleepy Hollow now which is a great show but he was on ncis yeah it's funny and I've, I've had so many guests lately on ncis who have been on ncis guesting or whatever and they say that is hands down like the best show to work on because they say when you walk on from mark Harmon down the the whole staff is just amazing it's like they say that's you walk into an episode on that and you don't want to leave because yeah. they say it's like you're spoiled yes uh his was the la one maybe okay what's is that it? ncis la yeah yeah okay. Yeah, so it wasn't Harmon, but Harmon's awesome. But, you know, I, I just quit trying to separate that. And now it's it's become, you know, I think it's a little bit stronger with both. And now now my my mold is, you know, let's let's play a nice role and then write a couple tunes for the movie. You know, um, I, I'm involved with this thing called Hashtag 30 Nods, which is uh, 30 days in the lives of these heroin users. So I played this guy, Hoffman, in the movie. I mean, I'm telling you, this thing is dark. I got in a really dark space for about a month uh, shooting this thing. And then I wrote this song uh, called Devil Eye, and it's about, I don't know if you know, but heroin is like the biggest epidemic in the country. Right? Well, yeah, yeah, it's Maybe funny. the world. Yeah, you see it, like, it's like it's yeah. everywhere. I mean, it's like, and it's not like back in the day, like, I, I didn't know any, I think that's some kid in my high school said he tried heroin once, and we're like, yeah. well, what? You know, but now it's like, it's because it's cheaper, they say it's cheaper than Coke. It's, uh, you know, pot's legal so people are like oh we don't want to smoke yeah. pot now and i've heard yeah and i heard it's it's really hit a lot of younger kids now yeah and like, a, like moms and stuff it's hitting it's crazy I, when it, you think about it yeah i never personally was a heroin heroin user but for um this this project is is made to to help people you know get help and get the message out there that there is a there is a solution so I, that's why i got involved in this so i wrote this song devil eye and uh, it's going to be, you know, part of this 30 nods thing. But there's some really great actors involved. And like I said, our goal is to get help out there to people that are struggling with this. Now, how did that project come to you? Did someone present it to you or did you hear about it and you say, I want to help? Because you seem to be a very charitable guy and for helping out society. Did someone sit there and say, hey, we got a great role for you, Sean? Or did you hear about it and say, man, I want to be part of that? Well, believe it or not, I was over here at Bob's, which is right down the street yeah. on the Friday night hot rod night, <laughs> and uh, we ride our bikes up there sometimes, and uh, I just, uh, a woman approached me that was a producer on it, and we just started talking, and she introduced me to the director right there, and we started t- talking about it, and he ended up writing me a role, 
for the thing and and then one thing led to another and it's like what do you got for music and they've made me the uh music supervisor on the thing so so i'll bring some other friends in on it as well see that's cool so now and back when you start first started acting what was your first gig? Were you getting commercials? Or I always wonder people, like, you sit there, you're finally, you've changed, you're doing this acting. And, you know, you get people who sit there and go, I was, you know, this and the TV. Do you remember the first gig you got? Because it was probably big because you wanted to act, and now you get it. And did you do a lot of commercials at all? Or? I did uh, not a lot, but I remember, you know, just getting your SAG card is a big deal for right. an actor. Oh, you yeah. Know? And that takes a while. And they don't do it. It used to be, like, you could get, like, the extra card, and, like, you could be an extra and get SAG vouchers. I heard they don't even do that anymore. When I was doing it, you had to get SAG vouchers, and I, I think I spent a couple of years trying to get vouchers, and then in one afternoon, I got Taft-Hartley on a, on a commercial, and I had it. And, but then, then you got to plop down the, you know, at the time, a couple grand to get your card. You know? What was the commercial for? Do you remember? Um, let's see. What was that one? I don't. It's been a while. I don't really remember. Um, I think it was some kind of internet thing. Maybe uh, with a rock band. Oh God! I, so you were no, getting you were, you were getting called for rock roles, yeah. basically. So okay, yeah. so that must be cool though, because then you're actually it's not really as much acting as it because you were a, a rock star, so it must be cool. I, I can't remember exactly. Maybe that one when I got Taft Hartley, it wasn't that, but uh, no, I still go out commercially, and you know that's a real numbers game. You know, it really is. You go on so many auditions. I mean, it's all a real numbers game. You go on a lot of auditions and you get a lot of rejection. So if you've got, you know, a, th- a thin skin with rejection, do not become an actor because you're going to hear no a lot. You know? Now, what kind of roles, if you go for a commercial now, what do you get called out for? Because you, you don't, I mean, like right now, people, he's, he's got a hat on and he's got a, but you, you don't, like, you don't look like the long hair rock star. You just look like a, a guy who could play a dad. You know, did you get calls for that? Because does the hair affect it? I mean, what do, what do they sit there like? What is your Asian like? Me, I go out for you know bald, goofy looking. That's what I am, and I Perfect. go for those auditions. But what do you? What do they, What is your breakdown? Uh, you know, it, it varies. You know, I can give you a few different looks. Um, but I'm actually I'm getting ready to cut the hair. I've got long hair, and I've had it for so long. I'm gonna, I'm going to give it a shot. I'm going to cut the hair and go a little shorter and see what happens. Um, you know, I, I've played a lot of the biker types and the the bad guy and and that stuff, and that's fun, and I and I love that. But uh, I'm looking to open it up a little bit more, and um, I don't know. I, I just played this this character, Mick the Dick. Uh, he's kind of this mafioso um, turned talent agent guy uh, in, in this pilot that uh, Paula Mitchell Manning wrote, and I'm having fun with Mick the Dick because I've never played a character like that before. What's the, what's the character like? I mean, are you just a jerk? Are you, are you a dick? Is that why it's called Mick the no, Dick? No, he's, he's, he's got that side to him. That's a layer of him for sure. But um, he's, also, uh, he's also secretly protecting this woman because uh, he made a promise to his mafioso dad to protect her. But, you know, nobody knows that. So he's he's got a protective side too, and and uh, a lot of sexuality about him. But this this character is fun, and I'm sure hoping that uh, gets picked up in some facet, so we can explore that further. Now, Sons of Anarchy, you run, and uh, did it help? Did it help when you went on there because you wrote a cycle? Does that help when like you audition? Did they ask you like for a show like that? Yeah. You know, did that help you when you auditioned? You know what? Uh, Sons was a great, great experience, and, and I was just. Um, I never really got a storyline or anything like that. It was a fantastic experience. I mean, what a first-class show in every way. The writers, the producers, the actors, the crew. It was so cool to be involved with that. Um, I never got... Uh, I thought, you know, it was going the right direction there for a while. I was on it for three seasons, and I thought, you know, eventually my number is going to come up, and maybe I'll get a storyline, but uh, it didn't didn't quite work, that, work out that way. But it was a real blessing, and... Um, I think it did give me some visibility as a as an actor that I may, might not have had before, but uh, it, it really was all about the relationships that I made over there, and it's such a great show. I mean, it's on tonight. Um, I really wasn't in it much uh, this last season, but my run over there was incredible, and like I said, that show it, it was brilliant, and a lot of people were really bummed, including me, that it's going away. Yeah, and that's also one of those shows that also has a very devout cult following. I mean, that has yeah. a very hard core. There's certain shows are like that. You know, when Breaking Bad first started out mm-hmm. until it got 
commercial towards the end, it had that following. Oh, yeah. Sons of Anarchy is one of those things. How did you How did you end up getting that audition? Did Did you know someone, or did you have to go audition a few times? And no, I, I knew somebody. Uh, I knew somebody. It took me four years to even get in the show. So you were trying. You, you but yeah. you wanted to go. You wanted to be on it because you were oh, a fan. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, it's it's a cool dark show, and you know, it was right up my alley. But um, there's such great. T- it's such a great time for TV right now. There's so many great shows. And well-written shows and smart shows and you know it for the for the fan you know it's like how do you possibly watch it all? But a lot of people try. You know? Well, do you what, do you watch a lot of TV? I do when what, I can. What, what do you what are some of the shows you watch right now? Because I'll tell you some I'm watching and I, I'll tell you. I'm, do you watch the newsroom? I watched a little bit of it. Yeah, very great show. I'm a little pissed off because it's it's the third season. It's the last season. Okay, they said we're ending it, which Aaron Sorkin, I'm sure, because he's so busy. Yeah. But you would think, like, you know, Sons of Anarchy said it's our last season. They give you a full season. This show, six episodes. It's gonna be that's the last season. That's it. That's it. Yeah, it's awful. Uh, so what do what do you watch? What 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 are you watching? It's funny TV? that you brought that up because my other half is a news anchor here in town on Fox, and so I'd always be asking her, you know, is that really the way that goes down? And she's like, yeah, or no, you know. So I that. You know, we'd we'd watch that, and I'd always have questions like that. But um, it was a very good show. Uh, I got into this show called Tyrant on FX. Loved it. I I thought it was really good. Fantastic. Everyone told me, and it's so funny you say that, because I missed the first two episodes, but thank God for DVR. And uh, everyone said, man, you got to watch the pilot. It's so intense. And you watch it, and you go... Holy crap! And I, it's not HBO; it's FX. But that's still that's they're still in the FCC guidelines. Oh, yeah. And I was watching that. Yeah, it's amazing. And what's made it great is also it's just for the actors' viewpoint that it gives more parts to Middle Eastern actors. It gives a yes. show, which is so important because, especially in LA, because you know if people. If you don't live in LA, LA is a melting pot. I mean, there's it's more almost Latino is more popular. Now they're having more Latino shows come out. Mm-hmm. Like Gang Related got canceled, which was a good show too. I was bummed. That was good, yeah. but I think with the with the Tyrant though, it, it, you like so you enjoyed it. I loved it. And uh I I loved Gang Related uh a lot of my boys Emilio and Ray and those guys are on that show and uh, man, they were awesome. And I was really really bummed when that show uh didn't get renewed, but you know those guys are so fantastic. They're they're always going to land on their feet. And the sh- uh, and the bridge got canceled. I don't know if you watched the bridge. I didn't get into the bridge. I liked it. That was a good show. I heard. I heard it was fantastic. So now you said your other half. Yeah. Now how did you meet her? I mean she's 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 what one like twenty five Emmys. I mean she's I mean yeah. you know it's Christine Devine. Yes. Now and she's a legendary news anchor here. She is. And now how does a rock star? Because you always it's always so funny because you think you know because like one of my friends' wives is uh, Sandra Mitchell on KCAL. And I've uh-huh. known Neil Bob, her husband Neil, for years, and he met her when he was doing comedy, and they've been together forever. Right. But you always think because when you see news people, you look at different you know, news people. You sit there, and it's like when you're a kid and you see your teacher. You go, "This person, you know, is uh, you know." I, I think sometimes you just don't think they're supposed to have fun because they're so professional. And you're like, "How did you meet her?" I mean, it's because it's so weird—a musician and a newscaster, and it's great because you guys do a lot for charity, and I know she's very charitable. How did you guys meet? You know, uh, that was a, it was a God thing for sure. Uh, I was, uh, there was this place called the Backstage Cafe in Beverly Hills that uh, Ian Copeland used to own. And Ian was uh, Stuart Copeland's brother from the okay. police. Great spot uh, to play music at. And I just, I was, it was one of those nights I wasn't going to go out. And I ended up going out there and jamming. And, and I saw this statuesque beautiful woman in a blue jacket and I just it, we kind of just saw each other and and uh started talking and uh spent the evening talking and i jammed and you know i, th- I think i bought her a drink and explained to her that I, you know i didn't drink and and we ended up going to uh <coughs> pardon me we ended up going to um a restaurant in hollywood Talk until like five five in the morning. What's the breakfast place there on uh, Norms? No, uh, not Norms. Um, on Sunset, uh, Mel's. Mel's. Okay, Mel's. and we went to Mel's, and ended up talking until like five in the morning. And now, did you know who she was? Did you know she was not at first? Okay, not at first. And I'd watched her for years, but you know, at, when I sat down and started talking to her, then you know, I figured it out, and and uh, I ended up taking her to lunch the next day, and we kind of just became inseparable real quick. And we had a, we had a lot in common, same age. Um, <laughs> I'll never forget this. Excuse me, <clears throat> I'm fighting a little cough. Um, I took her. <laughs> I'll never forget this. I took her to a, remember Metal School, which is Steel Panther yeah, now yeah. 
Oh, God. <laughs> so I take her to a metal school gig, and you know how raunchy they are, right? Right. And she, we're, we're leaving, you know, and, and uh, I'm kind of like, oh, what did I do? And she turns to me, and she goes, you know, I don't know if I can do your world. <laughs> I'm like, this is not my world. <laughs> this like, is not my world. Because, you know, they, they – they go pretty deep. Well, they, the epi- they epitomize what yeah. that eighties, yes. the poison, and th- that whole scene yeah. was. Yeah, and I love them, and they're friends of mine, and they're, and they're just funny as hell. But uh, it was it was hilarious, and uh, you know, she she we ended up having a good laugh about it. But uh, like I said, we got close real quick. Uh, we've never had one fight in ten years. Dude, that's good, you know, and it's amazing. And, now, how did you guys get involved in so many charities? I know she was very involved in different charities. Now, and have you always been involved in charity charitable work? Or I have been. And what um, made you get into them? Well, you know, it, first of all, it was something with her is something we could do together. You know, she's she's a busy career gal during the week, and and uh, it was something that we could do together. But um, you know, you, when you're around greatness like that, and you see people giving back, it, you know, it's very inspiring. And, uh, you know, what she's doing with the Wednesday's Child Program and the adoption of the inner city kids and stuff over, she had, I mean, she's placed over 500 inner city kids. Right. And, you know, that, granted, that's over a 20-year span. But Still, though, it's, it's placing kids. kids. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's a lot. And just this, to see the change in these kids' lives, and it's, it's really amazing and inspiring. And, uh, you know, it, it made me want to get involved in... Uh, a lot of different charities and like i said jack's leukemia uh foundation and you know the orangewood children's home uh, i do a lot for the um children's hospitals uh of seattle every year i do two rides up there to benefit now how did you choose seattle was it just do you know people there or was it something would you have a do you have a relationship there or something what how did you choose my, my mom lived in kirkland uh for many years which is a suburb of seattle but uh, there were some people up there that knew that I was the, the VP of the Washington chapter in Sons of Anarchy, and so it was just kind of a fit, and okay. we were friends, and and uh, you know it was kind of neat. It's just nice to go up there and, and help out the the food banks of Issaquah and the Children's Hospital, and you know it, the the money is getting to the right place, you know, and you see that happening, and it's really cool to to help with that. Well, you did, I, I read also, well, you said the Harley rides. So, no, yeah. okay, explain to me exactly what a Harley ride is, and then how do you get people on board? Like, I had Perry King on, who's a big bike rider. Remember Perry King from Riptide? He's an yeah, actor. Sure. Well, he's very, he he does rides. I think he drives a lot with Malcolm Jamal Warner. Right? Oh, just, Malcolm's a friend of mine. Okay, but yeah. I think they ride together a lot. Yeah. How, okay, so explain to me exactly what is a Harley ride for charity? What is it do you get paid like per mile or do you raise money or how does it work well there's different ones there's, there's poker runs you like know? the ones you do like the ones you set up what is what is your favorite one to do uh i'm loving these seattle rides and uh you know it's, it's a fee to get in and then you know you get sponsors that you know will give to the foundation and you, it, sometimes we do poker runs where you know you you take a card at every stop and and okay. you see you know what's uh, what your hand is, but um, it's basically just, you know, bikers are, are uh, they have big hearts, and I don't know if you've noticed, but, it, you know, there's a lot of these, these charity runs put on by bikers and uh, various various charities, and it's just, a, it's, a, it's something fun for everybody to do, and we raise money, you know, for the charity, and it's a good time, and, you know, it's... Being a biker, it was it was an easy fit for me to get involved in those. So now, do you hit up friends who are fellow bikers? Do you go, hey man, I got this thing. Do you want to do it? I mean, it seems like most people would want to do the event. Like when you have an event, if if, if, if let's say it's in L.A., like you yeah. said, Malcolm Jamal Warner is a friend of yours. Oh, He's yeah. also a Harley rider. And a great, now, you call him and say, hey man, hey, uh, I'm doing this biker thing. Is that how you get these people, or do people say, hey, you know, if you want, if you know, let's say some guy's riding a Harley, an actor, and he doesn't know anyone, you know, he's going to show and he. And then he hears you do it. Do, do people contact you sometimes and go, hey, I'd like to get involved? Or do you contact them? Or how's that work? They, they have. But usually, you know, somebody as big as Malcolm, they're going to contact him directly. And uh, he's so busy. You know, he's, he's uh, the pro's pro and a working actor that, uh, you know, he probably doesn't have time to do as many as some of the other people. But uh, I know he's big on charity, too. And, and uh, yeah, but it's also word of mouth. Hey, how would you like to do this poker run? And. And everybody, if they're in town, usually says yes. I want to get back to your your single you're putting out. Yeah. Okay. The video. Now, 
you you shot the video. Yeah. Now is do you create the video or do you do you sit there? I mean, I'm, I'm sure you don't direct it. You get a director, but when it comes to the video, because you know what you know what your song means to you. It's, it's free free air, fresh air, fresh air. So fresh air. You know what fresh air is. Uh, you know what it means. The lyrics mean to you. You wrote it. But so now, when you do a video, do you visualize what the video should be, or does the director? I mean, how does that work? Like, how did you assemble to make this video? What did you do to get the video in motion? Well, we all had we we all had ideas, and we, you know, we had some production meetings about it. And uh, I, I'm blessed to have uh, number nine Patricia Cara in my video with, from Deal or No Deal. She played the mom in my video, and she's beautiful and and uh, amazing and gorgeous. And um, we we talked about some storylines and what was going to move this thing along. You know, you only got three minutes and change to tell a story. And I had um, uh, Angelo Costa, my uh, director, just did a fantastic job. And then we we shot the storyline. We storyboarded it. Um, we shot all the footage, and then you sit down and edit it and try to make it jump. You know. Now, how did you find the director? Was it someone you had worked with before, or? Uh, it was, and I had been in a few of his videos that he had shot before as an actor, and I liked the look of his work. And he also he works out at my dojo. He's uh, he's about to be a black belt in jujitsu and stuff. And and we just you know we trained together, and he's amazing. And I just thought his work was a cut above most people's reels that I saw, so I chose him. Easy to work with. Now I dojo, so now you do martial arts. I do. Now, now how long, I mean, how long ago did you start that? And Because it's funny, because I, I have a shirt, because I know you played with the Lynch Mob for a while. Uh-huh. I have a shirt, George Lynch, it says dojo. My friend gave it to oh, me. Oh, cool. It's, it's cool. It's like this, I don't know if it was what, I think it was guitar dojo, I don't know, but it's, it's olive shirt. Right, right. It's cool. But how did you get into martial arts? Was it when, when you got sober, did you want something to cha- take your thought process away or how did that how did that work i got in it by mistake uh i was um i had some some fight scenes in a movie um i did out in denver called a remarkable life which uh they just finally they they cut it the final cut and that's going to be coming out um but i had some fight scenes in there and i you know i wanted to uh to i wanted it to look great because fight scenes are tough man to make them look real in, and you don't want to get hit, film. and you have, you have to know what you're doing. Well, you're going to get hit. But I mean, not, you know, you don't want to get leveled. <laughs> yes. Uh, but you want it to look as real as possible. And, and as an actor, I, I really wanted to do my research in, in every facet. And I started training with the, the lead of the movie, and it just kind of resonated with me. And, you know, it, it, at the same time, it keeps you in shape. And, and don't, get, I mean, don't get me wrong, it comes with a lot of pain <laughs> and uh you better buy some advil because you know, your toes your your hands you know i got to protect my hands because i'm a musician too but um it was just a, a really neat thing like i said it was by accident uh the, the fight scenes came came off looking great and it just made me want to continue and i mean i only a purple belt in karate uh kenpo karate so i got a long way to go but um it's something i enjoy and and like i said you know it's working out we got to stay in shape i mean i know i mean i i i'm luckily i've been blessed that i I don't put a lot of weight on but if i i mean i've been the same way all my life but as you get older if you sit there you don't go to the gym as much and you you sit around a little bit you start seeing you get that little bloat and you sit there and, and, and you know it's you sit there and go wait a second and you like, and you, and you only notice it if you're hanging out and joking around. Like if you take, like me and my girlfriend, we'll watch a football game. We'll take a selfie, and then you sit right. there and you go, "Wait a second, man! I got, I got a lot of chins." And she's like, "No, no, no!" I go, "No, look at this picture," and, and you, and you <laughs> get conscious, and it's because we're getting older. But yeah, you're right. You have to keep in shape. Now, do you do you eat healthy? Are you a healthy eater? I I do, but you know, we all we all fluctuate. Oh yeah, you know, especially at our age, and and we got Thanksgiving coming up this week, Christmas after that, but. Uh, you know, you, you you go with it, and you just try to work out and, and keep it, in, you know, keep it as slim as you can. And, uh, you know, it's also good for our hearts, you know, as we get older. you got to take care of it. No, I know. No, I, I, I never believe Wikipedia all the time, but I wanted to see. Now, you were, no, because sometimes they just make stuff up. Like, the people, I go, you know. Now, what, it says something, you were involved with I'm Loving It for McDonald's? Yeah, I did some commercials for McDonald's just on base, uh Da, 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 da. So you know, how, you know, how does that come about? Because they just sit there and go, hey, this guy, I mean, because it's, you know, you play for Doc and you play for Quiet Riot. Hey, let's go and play McDonald's, you know, and it's, did someone, did someone know you or did you sit there and go audition? Because that must have been a great gig because it's a national commercial. And how long are you in the studio? I mean, uh, it was just a day's work, you know. Um, it was a friend of mine through Mark Burnett Productions, uh, 
who her husband was in that kind of loop of commercial music and stuff like that and uh she got me the gig and and it was fun i, I don't think they run anymore but it you know it ran for a while and i got some checks for it and, and then also something with dr phil yeah um, how'd that come about and then did you did you do you know dr phil I've never met him, but I knew his son, and uh, I just got that gig through a producer. They were doing some, like, um, you know, the ins and the outs, da 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 whatever. You know, we'd do those, and uh, those ran for a while, too. Uh, I'm not on the theme song. That was another friend of mine, but uh, we did all the ins and outs, you know. We'll be right back with... Uh, Trailer park, whatever. So, you know. so do you go into a studio? or do you, I mean, How does that work? How, when do you record it? Because <clears throat> do you sit there and you go in and you, you lay it down? Or how, yeah. often, how often would you go in? It was a, That was, like I said, it was one one evening, probably a four-hour session. And the producer would just kind of go, here's here's the deal. And, you know, I've done a lot of recording over my career and stuff. So you just you just drop the bass track in and, and it's, you know. For me, still to this day, <laughs> uh, maybe you'll agree with me, I still think the best TV bass track is the beginning of barney miller absolutely and, and it has to be now let me tell you about that there there were two versions of that okay uh one of them was chuck rainey uh who's one of my favorite bass players of all time um played with steely dan and just numerous numerous of your favorite recordings and then there was another one who i'm not sure who it was but uh you know that that's a typical sound like a fender fender jazz bass through a, probably an Ampeg B15, and it just had that vibe. And, you know, there, there's been a lot of great bass in, uh, in uh, TV and stuff. What are some of your other favorite ones? What? Um, well, Sanford and Son was oh, yeah, okay. totally cool. Uh, you know, everybody says Seinfeld, but that was a keyboard bass. Okay. You know. Well, now, now the, the bass, now for your new, for your new song... Now, do you also play the bass on it, or do, so do you play everything on it? Because I always wonder how to like that. And that's amazing if you play everything. But you so you play the so you record it, you sing, and then you play the guitar, then yeah. you play the bass, then you got to mix all the crap together. No, I, I brought in my people. I brought in um, uh, Theron Derek, who plays with the Temptations on drums, and Yuko Tamara on keyboards. I brought in my people to you know add all the uh, the, the other flavors and stuff. But uh, I played a lot of it and sang it all, and and. Uh, produced and you know produced it and I, I like producing producing is, is great and, you know some people say it's hard to produce yourself yeah but, now would, would yeah. You, you find that because it is the bottom line is you know i think we're always harder on ourselves than most people are. i think and i think yeah. sometimes you're apt to scrap something that's a gem just because you don't think it's a gem i mean do you run to that at all when you're doing it yeah, uh, you do, but I think you know sometimes it's never going to be perfect, and you got to know that going in. Uh, there's always going to be things in the mix that you thought you could have done better, or the writing you thought you could have done better. But you know, if if you spend too much time on that, you're never going to get anything done. Right. You know, eventually you've got to go. Okay, I've done the best that I can with this, and, and move on to the next track. So you're going to go back on the road again with Jack Wagner. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> now. Would you or have you ever thought of doing a solo tour for yourself or having? I mean, is this something that is in your future where you sit there and go, you know what? Would you want to do something like that? I mean, I would. I don't know if that, you know, I think that all depends on how, if, if the single resonates with people and they, and they want it, then I would do it. Um, you know, I, I think that uh, most bands that are touring these days are, have a fan base. And it's all about your fan base, man. If they want to see you, then of course you're going to do it. But until I get to that point, um, you know, it's I'm probably just going to be writing for for uh, acting projects and and movie and TV stuff. And and uh, who knows, you know? I mean, I hope I'm here a year from now and telling you how great the yeah how, you know, the now, tour was the, the writing project though. Now you you uh, you wrote some music for that rock movie you're in. Yeah. Now are you actually writing screenplays and TVs yourself, or or is that something you want to do? Uh, um, we have a we have a treatment that we've been working on for a couple years, um, and I, I want to save too much about it because I I don't think anybody's done it yet. Who'd you write it with? But. Um, I can't really say. Okay, fine, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. But so you co-wrote it, but it's someone, okay. Yeah, yeah, it could be fun, but uh, until we get that, you know, developed and copywritten, I don't really want to say, you know, but it, it, that's something that we're trying. I think our next uh, thing is we're going to make a short film and, and see how that goes. And now, would you want to parlay into directing? 
I don't know. You know, I've got friends that are really great directors, and, and I watch them. Believe me, I watch them. I don't know that uh, that's something that's for me yet, but uh, uh, like I said, we're going to make a short film and see how that goes, and, you know, then the next logical step would be a, a feature. So we'll see what happens. We have about five minutes left. Cool. Um, tell me what. So what else is going on? Well, first, tell your Twitter. I know you have like you have like fourteen thousand followers. You're at Sean McNabb. Is it? It's at Sean McNabb LA. Um, for some reason, uh, Sean McNabb was taken. It might have been it's Donovan McNabb's brother. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, do you tweet a lot? I do. I try. I try to tweet. You know, a lot about everything. And I'll tweet about this and when it airs and stuff. But, um, yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, there's, there's a lot of uh, very supportive people out there on Twitter. And, and I try to support all my friends, you know, when they tell me. You know, I've got a friend, uh, Chris Bruno. He's on The Fosters and some MTV show. And, and you know, he's fantastic. We did Remarkable Life together. I, I try to support all my friends and, and my actor friends and musician friends. When they drop something, I, I'm on it. And, uh I think they do the same for me. Well, they should. I think that's you have to have a network, and that's that's what's important. You know, that's what social media is so great now that I always crack up when people tweet mean stuff, and you know, that's a big thing on Kimmel, the mean tweets, which is so funny. Yeah. But I, I always wonder. I go, what kind of person? I mean, you're taking that time just to be mean, and it's, it bothers me. Like Twitter is supposed to be something, you know to promote or like I write jokes right. or, or you know right. say hey you know I'll sit there and say hey I'll send this I want to be on my show or if someone I know is on like Reed Diamond was on uh, been at a ton of stuff and I was like God you know I said I, I, can you be in more shows I'm like you know because he's been on the show yeah. but the, you send him and it's something where you should be nice to people absolutely uh, it, some people feel that they're not held accountable for their posts and uh, I, I choose to live in the light man if anybody's getting dark on social network I I delete them or, you know, it's got to be positive for for me. And, uh, you know, I, it's weird because with social media, you you kind of got to promote yourself. But at the same time, you don't want to be me, me, me all the time. Right. It, it's a it's an interesting road to walk. You know, you want to you want to post just the, you know, a simple thing, simple things as well. Instead oh, yeah. of every event you're at or something. So what, uh, any charities coming up in the near future? Uh, I think we're going to do, I think Rusty Coons uh, has a toy run this Sunday, which I'm probably going to go to down in Orange County at Illusion Choppers, uh, Illusion Cycles, I should say. And uh, I think that's coming up. Um, I, I think that's all I've got on the books right now, but uh, I'm sure there'll be something else coming up. Oh, yeah, big Thanksgiving guy? Do you like Thanksgiving? Or are you just like, I'm not a big turkey fan. I, I, I don't, no? I, I mean, I'd rather have stuffing. I, I bought extra stuffing. I bought extra of those Hawaiian rolls because they're the best. I, but turkey, I'm like, eh, no. Yeah. Are, you, are you a big Thanksgiving guy? I am, but like I said, my wife, she works at night, so she'll go out to like Whole Foods and, and buy me a plate of, <laughs> you know, some turkey and some green beans and stuff like that and and say i love you honey i gotta go you know so i'm, I'm blessed now and any acting gigs coming up that we can look for you in? um yes i've got like i said i've got a couple things uh in the pipeline um for 2015 uh we've got this abigail's destiny thing which is kind of a um it's kind of a vampire deal which is pretty cool um i'm pretty excited about that um there's another biker thing going on, which I'm playing a playing a guy uh, called Return to Iron Mountain. Um, you know, I'm kind of doing a lot of indies lately. Okay. You know, and and that's cool because you know it, it's it's really about the the project and and we're not rushing, rushing. You know, um, for where I'm at right now, I, you know, I'm still an actor building credits. I've only got. 20 credits on imdb and uh and you know we're just we're just plugging along one foot in front of the other you just never know what's gonna come next but it, it's nice to have a couple of things on the books for 2015 and you're still studying oh always you okay. know always um i'm checking out plotnik right now jack plotnik and he's on my show he's a wonderful guy yeah, I, heard, yeah. I heard he's an amazing teacher you know and that, he's amazing and uh that's that's a malcolm jamal warner tip you know and uh yeah he's solid so yeah, Steve, I want to thank you so much for having me here today. It's a very easy hang. Yeah, I want to thank you for coming. Cause we have to wrap up soon. Now, you got to give all your information again, the, the Twitter, all that real quick. Well, uh, Sean McNabb, L.A., on, uh, at Sean McNabb, L.A., on Twitter. 
Uh, I'm, I'm on Facebook, Sean McNabb, and then I've got an actor musician page, Sean McNabb, which is, um, you know, where a lot of my, my fan stuff goes. There's a fan page. I'm, I'm starting a new YouTube channel, uh, for my video. So, um, check me out there. Just Sean McNabb at YouTube. All right. Well, yeah. I'm going to thank you for coming on, but i got to cut you off because we're going to run out of time. you got to say Fresh Air on iTunes. That's it. So go, people, Fresh Air on iTunes. And uh, follow me on Twitter, at Cooper Talk, at Cooper Talk. Also, send me an email, cooper at coopertalk.net, which is my uh, website, which has over 310 episodes. Uh, also, iTunes, Stitcher, type in one word, Cooper Talk. They come up. Google Play, Android, go to the Play Store, type in Cooper Talk. You got the app. And that's about it. As I said, follow me on Twitter, at Cooper Talk. Next week, we have a, a, a very... Uh, I'm getting a very, a very another great guest. One of my guests is uh, Alan Ruck, who played uh, Cameron in First Bueller's Day Off. And you know me, I love the 80s music. So yeah. that's about it. You guys, you guys have a great, great Thanksgiving. I'm Steve Cooper. I'm only as hip as my guests. Don't forget, drink your water, eat your vegetables, take your vitamins. I'm going home. Dun, 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 dun,